0: Welcome to Scoot with Steve Football. Hey everyone, happy Friday. Uh, Earth is still spinning, whatever it is that I call me showed up again to be conscious in this body and this experience, and that means I'm rolling out another episode of Scoop Steve football. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Stephen Clinton, a crazy guy who studies entirely too much NFL film and uses that to inform a machine learning model that spits out NFL game projections and player statistics. Uh, for folks who think I'm unhinged, well, I wouldn't argue with you, but I do have a relevant background. I learned to study film a decade or so ago when I did Three years as a quality control assistant at Northwestern and one in Toledo. And I also have my BA in economics and MS and predictive analytics from Northwestern, <laughs> though I would uh, discourage anyone from putting too much stock in uh, such certificates. <laughs> on today's show, I am uh, going to jump into a couple takeaways on the New Orleans Saints. But before I do, I have a couple quick announcements about scuba sea football in 2023. Uh, so right now, I'm reviewing NFL game tape and posing some big picture team questions on these film review sessions. And as I uh, get my machine learning, Learning set up uh, ready for the upcoming season big picture plan is uh NFL game pass willing to get back to a schedule where I break down tape of all 16 games or however many are played that week uh in the week following the game uh it takes me about two to two and a half hours to study a game from the perspective I currently walk from so significant time commitment but I uh, yeah, I dig it and I uh, did it from 2018 to 2020 before I hiccup with uh, game pass in 21 but uh the N- NFL game pass happens back online in uh 2022 so uh looking forward to diving in again you know not on wood right um as i go i'll be throwing out observations on everything from film study to fantasy football to gambling to roster construction uh, really everything uh, nfl that interests me which is a lot <laughs> i'll get plenty wrong uh, hopefully less than i get right on the gambling front but hey at the very least it'll be obsessively researched i'll leave it up to you whether that uh, research is well done um, I'll also have a website up sooner than later as a central hub for content, but for now, you can check out the video show here on YouTube, the podcast version on Spotify and Substack, and my articles over at Substack. So, uh, anyways, on to the New Orleans Saints. Um, you yeah, know, I want to talk about how, um, you know, Chris Olave is phenomenal, but I don't think that uh, one young player can uh, save the uh, Saints from from the current trajectory that the roster is taking. So, um, so let's dive into it. Yeah, you know, Chris Olave. Like I said, he's just phenomenal, fantastic receiver. Um, you know, honestly, the more tape I've watched of so many of these rookie receivers, the the more I wonder why one of them isn't wearing a uh, a New York Giants jersey. To be completely honest, uh, given that you know, Hey, I, I would not have had a problem with any one of these guys going, um, you know, with with, um, with one of the top uh, pits in the draft, uh, even earlier than uh, than they eventually did. Um, you know, whether it's Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London. I mean, Johan Thompson, Christian Watson, I mean, if you can keep going to, you know, I think even George Pickens, you know, interesting skill set. There's some other names, but yeah, I mean, um, any, any one of them would uh, transform that Giants offense, but don't want to get off track here. We're talking about the Saints. Um, unfortunately, Chris Olavi is just one player on a roster that is a, another year away from the peak vintages of the new Orleans Saints. We saw kind of at the end of the Drew Brees era where you had that overlap of, of Drew Brees, um, kind of near the end and, and and the the famous uh New Orleans draft class of twenty seventeen still on its rookie deals. Um and you know, based on last year's results, it doesn't look like this team is all that close, uh, despite some some desperate efforts by by GM Mickey Loomis to um, you know, keep keep things competitive here. And um I, I guess before I get into the mechanics of 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 how this Saints team looks, it makes sense to to kind of take a step back and you know ask why it is that this is happening because it to, to be blunt here if you look at New Orleans 3 year uh salary cap out, outlook it, it's alarming um they have um enormous amounts of money on the books for each of the next 2 years um they're carrying 25 million in, in dead money this year which is cutting into their ability to you know field as talented a team as they could and um you know with, with the way certain deals are structured it, it it's all set up for them to just kick it down the road um another year uh when we hit next off season because uh, as i mentioned they're way way over the cap for next off season so they're going to have to what do the same you know roster tr- tricks they did at the beginning of this off season and that slowly but surely is going to extract its toll um you know it's it's a it's a percentage point or two a year right that that you you're, you're spending money on, you know, things that are just not on your current roster right now. And that's, you know, uh, you can make up for that to a certain extent by, you know, finding talented players, but at some point you are, you're depleting your resources and your chances to find those talented players. And, you know, that br- brings me to um kind of the second point here. And and that's that, you know, as this is happening um and all these players from the 2017 draft class were graduating from their rookie deals and Drew Brees was getting to retire or getting ready to retire, um you know, the, the, Probably, I, I guess I'll use the word, the sensible thing, the prudent thing to do, to have done would have been to, you know, take your medicine and, um, you know, cut a lot of the veterans and and move forward and, you know, get the cap situation cleaned up and, and you know, start rebuilding the, the team from the ground up, which is really kind of what needed to happen after they had gone in the way they had gone all in for those final Drew Brees years. And, you know, I don't fault them at all for doing that because after hitting on that 2017 draft class, I mean, this, that they probably had the most talented roster in the NFL for two or three years in New Orleans and it made sense to go all in and you know that team had any you know as good a shot as anybody to win the Super Bowl um during during that three or four year stretch and uh, um but but at the same time they just won't hit stop on this and you know it kind of hit its heights of incredulity in the trades that ended up with Chris Olave and Trevor Penning going uh, 11th and 19th to the New Orleans Saints in the 2022 NFL draft you know I was just going back through, through those transactions this morning. And, you know, if, if you set aside the, the sixth and seventh round pick swap, um, which, you know, that's just swapping lottery tickets at, at the end of the day, the Saints ended up trading seven picks in the top 101, um, including the 101st pick in the 2022 draft. And, and, but seven picks in the 2022, 2023 and 2024 NFL drafts that are all top hundred picks in exchange for two players. And, and those players are Chris Olave and Trevor Penning and, you know, on a team that desperately needed to find all sorts of surplus value on rookie contracts because of contracts for guys. You know, we'll get to these guys in a minute, but guys like Alvin Kamara, like Cam Jordan, like Demario Davis, Tyron Matthew, who just aren't getting any younger. Um, you know, the the Saints needed to get as much excess cap value as possible, and they definitely did that with Chris Olave because I mean, he I think Chris Olave is an elite receiver who's you know, going to generate 20 to $25 million in surplus cap value over the next three seasons. Um, But at the same time, they whiffed on Trevor Penning. And, um, you know, and Trevor Penning's um, rookie season, you know, to be completely candid was, um, I mean, the one good thing I have to say about it is that it went better than Isaiah Wilson's um, brief stint with the Tennessee Titans. That's kind of it, though. I mean, uh, you know, Penning was injured for most of the season and unavailable and then when he was out there um you know if, if you were to point to another you know project at offensive tackle um you know and, and i throw up the the quotes for project i don't really know why because that's an accurate description of where these guys were but uh, tyler smith the the tulsa product to the dallas cowboys take a few picks later i mean it, it's night and day i mean uh, tyler smith's athletic traits are off the charts uh and you know trevor penning's you know he's got good traits. Like you, you'd say they're above average, but I mean, they're not. You know, top five in the NFL, which you know, or top five, top ten. Which you know, Skylar Smith is a total freak show. And you know, I guess you could point to, it, to to the other guy who was kind of you know seen as a project who was going to be a really effective run blocker. Um, but you know, how a ways to go in pass protection as Ikem And and you know, for all three of these guys with Ikem um, Trevor Penny and Tyler Smith, you saw that play out in terms of just they've got work to do in terms of their angles on their pass sets, you know, everything to time up handling, um, you know, skilled ed- edge rushers in the NFL. But you expect that, and, and you expect that to come along this offseason, as, as these guys put in the work. But, um, you know, if you're going to take on a player like that, you want him to, you know, ideally have as much athleticism as possible, which, you know, is why Ekmoquana went as high as he did, because he's just a, another total freak show. But, you know, whether it was, you know, people you know, overrating how much work Tyler Smith had to do or what I I'm not entirely sure how given the choice between Trevor Penning and and Tyler Smith that it it went the way it did. Now, obviously that's hindsight's 2020 and all. Um, But yeah, I mean, the Cowboys got a a total freak show athlete in in Tyler Smith. And, you know, when I did get to see Trevor Penning started game finally at the end of the season against the Panthers, it it was funny because you see him against Aquanu and, you know, it was one of those things where, yeah, like these players have kind of a similar profile in terms of everything I said there, you know, like good run blockers, you know, good athleticism, need work in, in the past that game. Um, But then, you know, it, in terms of the caliber of that type of player, they were, you know, Aquano and, and Tyler Smith are just in a different stratosphere Um, from F from an athleticism standpoint than Trevor Penning. So, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes with Trevor Penning. I mean, obviously the other thing he needs to to get resolved here is, you know, it reminds me of Jonathan Abram when he was with the Raiders where, you know, being a tough guy in this league is not hurting people outside of the rules of the game. And, you know, I I don't know exactly what Trevor Penning is trying to, to bring to the table after the whistle and, and some of the stuff that he, he was getting into with, with opposing players, but It's just, um, you know, I I think it's a a misunderstanding of what it means to, to be a a tough guy in the NFL. And, you know, not that I personally have that understanding um, or or anything like that, but obviously like guys like Trent Williams, um, you know, go about their business in a very different way in terms of um, enforcing their physical will on, on the opponent and, you know, making, uh, you know, serving notice that, you know, that it's going to be a physical game and they are going to be, you know, Trey Smith from the Kansas city chiefs is another guy who recently came out who, it can just wreck other guys, and you know that that's a totally different thing than you know hitting guys late and and cheap shotting people uh, more or less. Um, that, that's very different than physically dominating them. So, um, you know, I, I don't know where it goes from here with Trevor Penning. Um, you know, I obviously don't don't know the guy, and you know, I I honestly honestly hope that. Much the guy he reminds me of actually is Garrett Bowles, and you know drafted in a similar spot, probably you know may, maybe similar athleticism. Um, certainly you know Garrett Bowles is not on on that Echomaguanu, um, you know Tyler Smith plane, um, and, and you know also you know both probably had you know not not a great understanding of the mental approach that you know the the best offensive tackles in the NFL seem to take, and you know if Penning can get with the right people and kind of. You know, change how he's looking at this whole thing that then maybe we see something happen. But, you know, as I say, like year one, um between you know the the total lack of availability in production, um the the limited promise that I thought was on display in his one start and then, you know, j- just just the overall situation. I mean, it, it's just a tough spot to be in for Trevor Penning entering a year two. But hey, you know, all sorts of things can happen over a summer, and, you know, if, if Trevor Penning does come back and um, you know, can can walk down that left tackle spot for the New Orleans Saints and be an upgrade on James Hurst, who, you know, James Hurst is a fine swing tackle, but, you know, he's not somebody you want penciling in as your starter for, you know, all 17 games. Um, You know, that, that's going to go a really long way for the New Orleans Saints. But, you know, the reality of this is that, you know, as we've seen with with Mickey Loomis's long list of trades up in the draft, you know, on, on the positive side, you've got Eric McCoy, who was a big hit. And on the negative side, you've got Marcus Davenport, you've got Zach Bond, you've got Adam Troutman, who you know, they just didn't get good return on value for those moves, and you know, as as good of a return on value as it looks like they're going to get for Chris Olave, who you know, in addition to the swap with the Eagles, they then you know package two more picks to go up and get Olave, you know, and he and he's a great player. I don't know, you know, Jahan Dotson's a pretty good player too. I'd obviously rather have a Olave, but you know, I don't know. You need a lot of bites at the apple. So, you know, in, in any case, this New Orleans team has not been hitting on all cylinders by any means. And you're looking at a team that, yes, this team was very talented in the past, but you know as you've got this this salary cap disaster as you're using your draft resources very haphazardly you've got you know alvin camaro with one more season of wear and tear on his body after he was asked to you know carry a heavy load last year and dealt with injury again um and then on defense you've got a 34 year old cam jordan a 34 year old demario davis and a 31 year old tyron matthew who just aren't getting any younger and you know on top of that, you've got, you know, every offseason bringing a little more attrition. Marcus Davenport, you know, maybe he wasn't great at staying on the field. He wasn't particularly consistent, but he was, you know, the one other edge rusher they had who, you know, could really be counted on to generate a few pass rush wins here and there, uh, across from Cam Jordan, obviously. And then David Onyemata, who was their best interior rusher, is, you know, off to join the Falcons. So, you know, they tried to address that particular issue with, you know, so first round selection of Brian Greasy and, you know, second round selection of Isaiah Foskey. But you know draft picks are gambles, and you know I think that the best case scenario there is that you're replacing what you already had on the team that you know w- wasn't good enough to make a lot of noise last year. So you know I, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, you know I do think that there are a couple of young players on this team, um, and namely. Um, uh, linebacker pete warner and cornerback and Alonte taylor who have some room to grow uh but overall you know this strikes me as a team that might be a little bit better than it was last year but i don't know how much better the saints are going to be and you know it's it's and i'm certainly not sitting here saying that the saints have a bad roster for this up, upcoming season because they don't um i don't think they have nearly the depth they used to but at the same time best case scenario and you know if we're conservative about projecting the other quarterbacks in the NFC South in terms of Derek Carr is the guy who's done it before. I think that you'd say that the Saints are the favorites to win the NFC South. Now, I don't think you'd say that they're a championship contender. I think they're definitely a playoff contender. I think they're definitely an NFC South contender, but I don't think they're a championship contender. And I don't know that it makes sense to continue to go all in on this and, you know, sign an expensive quarterback uh, in Derek Carr, even, you know, on another pack loaded deal, because, you know, where are we going? How, how is this team honestly going to get better in 2024 and 2025 when you've got, you know, uh, right now, I mean, Demario Davis has an $18 million cap hit scheduled for next year. Tyron Matthews is on the books for 12 million. These are guys on the wrong side of 30. They both have void years after that deal. Andres Pete and Cam Jordan's deals will end this year, but they have huge void hits next year and then smaller void hits for three years after. And, you know, Ryan Ramchick and Marshawn Lattimore's deals are both like basically identical and set to jump from 11 million hits this year per spot rack um you know to 25 for each of the next three years so then you're just redoing those deals again so you know i hope that i'm way off on this honestly for saints fans um and you know like i said you know uh, trevor penning transformation and uh return to health from michael thomas and all of a sudden the you know saints could definitely be in the nfl playoffs with a puncher's chance right um but at the same time i think that that's you know uh, you know kind of on the low end of the probability spectrum i think that you know it's much more likely that they're going to be kind of middle of the pack and you know if they do win the nfc south you know there's a good chance that they'll they'll be knocked out in the first round of the nfl playoffs and you know that would be all well and good if it were building towards something but it's the opposite of that um you know, Mickey Loomis is ultimately taking, you know, salary cap dollars and draft resources from the Saints teams of 2024 and the Saints teams of 2025 to keep this team as competitive as he can in 2023, you know, because he, you know, and, and to be candid about this, because he's probably not going to be there if, if they're rebuilding, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, I think it makes sense to take from those future years if you are all in and going for an NFL championship, but that's just not where I see the new Orleans saints right now. And, um, you know, unfortunately, while I think that they will be better off for it this year. And and like I said, this is, you know, probably going to be a competitive team in the NFC South. Um, I think that they're just creating a bigger and bigger black hole um, a year or two down the road here. And it could, uh, you know, be be very difficult for the the saints to kind of rebuild out of this, Um, you know, of course the, the, Get out of jail free card is is always the um, you know the the unbelievable rookie quarterback in the draft. But even as I say that, they're kind of playing themselves out of that by putting together such a competitive roster. Because you know it, it, I it would be absolutely floored if if this Saints team is somehow in contention for the number one overall pick, or really even the number two overall pick. If you want to go beyond Caleb Williams to to Drake May from North Carolina, the other super hyped quarterback in this class. So you know, not only are you you know stealing from future teams to, to pay for this team um you're you know taking away you know there's the the added opportunity cost of you know not even having a chance at getting a transcendent young quarterback who you know hey if you were going to get yourself into you know a dicey salary cap situation you want to go throughout the indianapolis colts just did where you know the colts are another team that had one just unbelievable draft class where they get Quentin Nelson, uh, Darius Leonard, and Braden Smith, among some other players in one fell swoop. But, you know, then they have to start paying them. And that's where it was always preposterous to suggest Lamar Jackson was going to go to the Colts because the Colts need, you know, somebody on a rookie contract to provide some sort of surplus value on their deal to stay competitive. And Anthony Richardson has a chance to do that, right? So Anthony Richardson can kind of Totally reset the trajectory of the Indianapolis Colts, and you know, as much as I love Chris Olave at receiver, and you know, while I think that he is going to provide you know twenty to twenty-five million in cap surplus for the next three years, that's just not enough to to write the trajectory of the New Orleans Saints as as they're currently um, on the course that they've currently charted. So. Anyway, that's it for the Saints today. Uh also posted some thoughts on uh another New Orleans uh ascending second year receiver Rashid Shaheed who is a undrafted free agent who you know, he's just a human joystick, absolute joy to watch. So, uh, you know, you can check that out over on my slip stack in the bonus thoughts. Uh I'm actually off the uh the old tape pipe today. Um I uh will not be watching film. I've got a bunch of coding to do in the machine learning model, but I watched a good bit of Tampa Bay recently, uh, including their 17 to 16 rally over the Saints. Um Cool to see uh, Brady, wa- wa- you know, watch one last Brady co- come back again, um, you know, um, but in any case, I'll be back with some thoughts on the Bucks uh post Brady tomorrow, uh, assuming the planet continues to spin and all that jazz. So, as always, thanks for uh, tuning into Scoop Steve football. If you can't tell, I love talking to NFL football, and if you enjoy listening, uh, so much the better. Uh, have an awesome day. In uh, the words of uh Wim Hof, the Iceman, all the love.